Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Down to this gang. Yay. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop with one hand. And pack with trust. It's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome into the latest episode of Five on the Floor. I'm your host, Greg Sylvander. Today's floor, tonight's floor plan with me, Brady Hawk. You can follow him on Twitter at BradyHawk305. We are going to dive into the Miami Heat's loss. Up in Boston, 119-111. So this is the second official post-game five on the floor of the season. The Miami Heat now moved to one and one on the season. Valiant effort up in Boston. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But ultimately, they come up short. There's definitely areas that they need to improve upon. We're going to get it into all that. We definitely got a bunch of stuff lined up in this episode that I think will pique your interest. So before we do any of that, though, we're diving directly into... Well, let Ethan tell you what it is. 
And now on Five on the Floor, it's time for the Gamer of the Night, sponsored by Rock Esports Center, the place to eat, drink, and play all day. Host your next birthday party with them. Located at 15305 South Dixie Highway in Palmetto Bay, they've got a 5,500-square-foot state-of-the-art center equipped with all the high-end power. Play all-day passes, available for just 25 bucks. but if you mention five reasons... It's just $20. So mention five reasons or five RSN. You get to play all day for $20. And now, the gamer of the night. And welcome back to Five on the Floor, reporting live from the Rock Esports Center. I've got my manager, Carlo Navas, with me. The founder and CEO of Miami Heat Beat, the Kyle Lowry enthusiast, reporting live from the middle of the 2K tournament, from the middle of the watch party. Shout out to everybody that's here right now. Shout out to the Rock Esports Gamer of the Night. And that's what we're getting to now. My Gamer of the Night, personally, was Bam Adebayo. And usually, like, I would, I would give, like, a lot of basketball reasons as to why. I'm picking somebody, but honestly, it just comes down to him posterizing Kristaps Porzingis because I feel like there's there wasn't much more to take away um, positively from the Heat side for this game. So shout out to Bam for posterizing KP. You know, he got 10 of 23 from the field, seven of nine from the free throw line. You like to see the free throw attempts up. I thought Bam actually played a, played a pretty good game, and uh, him alongside Tyler were kind of the ones carrying Jimmy. And so, um, honestly, I feel like it was kind of banned by default. G, do you have anybody that you feel like should be Gamer of the Night, or are you going with Bam too? Listen, I'm glad you asked, Alex. It's Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry was left for dead. I was told by my great colleagues at Five Reasons Sports that maybe Kyle Lowry's not the solution at point guard. Today, a fat 13 points, five assists, and most importantly, eight rebounds. Alex, he was the second leading rebounder on the Heat today. Not that that's a good thing for Miami, but you love his activity. I thought defensively he was really active, created some steals, did well on switches, did well in emergency help situations. Listen, my guy showed out today after fans complained that he did not take a field goal, and I think justifiably so, the fan base was upset, and he responded. He shot the ball well, he shot, I, be I believe he shot five of seven from the field, which is seven more shots than he took last time, and he made five more than he did last time as well. So big night for Kyle on the road against a play against like a contending team. You want your best players and most important, highest paid players to step up in these games. And I thought he did just that, Alex, on a night when you know you get, the guard rotation has to prove their worth. Be honest though, are we getting another game where both Kyle and Drew Smith? Our positives, like, is that going to happen again, or is it just like it happens game two of the regular season and we don't see it again? Because, like, what are the odds that they both have very good games at the same time? Like, I, I don't know. It's for, I really do want to get your opinion on this, though, because I feel like it's a hot take and, and a hot topic is Kyle off the bench. I feel like him being utilized in the starting lineups is not the best use of his strengths at this point in his career. I, I feel like he wants to set people up, and I don't feel like Jimmy, Tyler, and Bam need all that much setting up. So, um, honestly, it's... It's cool to see him play well as a starter, but I'm still not moved by it overall. I still feel like um, he would be better served coming off the bench, similar to the role that he played in last season, where he was playing 25 minutes instead of 30. You know, um, coming off the bench instead of starting and closing. And look, the closing lineup will change when they get guys back, when they get Richardson and Highsmith back. And look, Caleb was a late scratch tonight as well. He might have closed if he played well. Kyle did his thing. I don't want to trash him, but. I don't know how I don't know how I feel. I mean, I feel like you've probably got stronger thoughts on it than I do. I think obviously, you know, to answer your first question about Drew Smith and Kyle in the same game, they better. 
because given their guard rotation this year, they're going to have injuries all throughout the year, and they're going to need both of those guys to be productive NBA players. You know, obviously not getting Damian Lillard, not being able to retain a guy like Gabe Vincent, even a guy like Max Struess, who plays a lot of guard for them and, and does a little bit of all that as well. They're going to need production out of their guys. Like, you know, we're talking about like 14th guy, literally Drew Smith being the 14th guy on the team, you know, with the 14th spot. And obviously you're going to need production out of Kyle. Kyle's one of your big money players. You need, you know, I don't think that you're going to get the level of production of his contract, but I don't really think that's important. He's a good 16-game player, and if he's going to be here throughout the remainder of his contract, you know that you're depending on him for the playoffs. Now, um, those other questions about Kyle coming off the bench, I think that in a perfect world, he does come off the bench. However, this is a team where they don't have another starting point guard. Drew, is Drew Smith the answer to you? Is putting a guy like Josh Richardson, who is not does not have those point guard chops, and if... Well, well, let me give you real quick. You got a guy like Jimmy Butler tonight who, you know, he's still like in early mode. He's not like point guarding and ball handling. I think you need guys like Kyle early in the season as they progress. And if they get an emerging guard, then we can have a different conversation. Look, I feel like he played well tonight, but I don't see the need for a quote-unquote true point guard, lead guard, whatever semantics you want to use. I don't see it because I feel like the Heat, when it comes to their point guard situation, when they have their main guys, their main play playmakers, uh, you know, in, in past eras, but specifically in this era, it's been Jimmy Bam and Tyler more or less, you know, dividing the usage, the usage between them. They have their own sets made up for them. I don't feel like Kyle is needed from those guys. And then I start thinking about, like, what the point guard does for the Heat, and it's really just bringing the ball up and initiating the set, hitting the little entry pass, and, you know, the action starts from there. And then you have guys on the side just sitting and kind of watching. And I feel like at that point, Kyle is useless because he's not somebody who's a real threat to shoot the ball. He was tonight. Look, and, and he showed it before. He's winning to shoot on big games. You know, in the playoffs, he's shooting it more. So I get that. He's just trying to get through. But I, I feel like if he's not out there to shoot, and he's not going to shoot throughout most regular season games that aren't against the Celtics, I don't see the point. I think you've got to be an offensive threat out there. And if you're not somebody running pick and roll, you're not initiating the offense other than hitting the little entry pass and starting the action, I don't see the, the, the utility for him. But honestly, that's not what tonight is about. Tonight is about the watch party. Tonight is about the people who showed up. Tonight is about the people playing in the tournament. Um, shout out Diego, shout out Jose, shout out Dior who humbled me in a 2-0 loss and I'm not going to forget it and I'm coming for revenge next time. Um, I don't know if it'll work, but I appreciate everybody for showing out. I appreciate G for coming out and I appreciate Rock and John, my guy John for hosting us here. It's been a good time and honestly, it's going to be fun going forward. We've got the next one set up for November 18th. Heat at Bulls. It's a Saturday, so you guys you know have a little bit more time to get out here as opposed to a Friday night and we look forward to seeing you there we also look forward to seeing Ethan Skolnick and Brady Hawk here who weren't here tonight and hopefully that changes for the second one because we've got Miami Heat beat out here but not the other co-hosts from five on the floor who are local like that's it's, it's got to change I'll send you the invoice Ethan along with Melee and that'll do it the rock gamer of the night the Rock Esports Gamer of the Night. Bam Adebayo from my, you know, the most objective Heat Media member. G goes with Kyle Lowry, the most unobjective take there is. We're done talking. We'll go back now to the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in.
Okay, welcome back. That was the Rocky Sports Gamer of the Night from Alex, who is on site at Rocky Sports Gaming for uh, a watch party there. And then they did a 2K tournament. I heard there was a really good turnout there. So definitely go check them out next time that they have a show going on. That was the Rock Esports Gamer of the Night. Now let's just dive into this game, Brady. 119-111. All the metrics are here. The Heat shot 48.5% from three. The rebounding was a little suspect. Only turned it over 12 times. Bam and Tyler Hero. That's where we're starting this show. Uh, they were exceptional today. I thought Tyler really showed some really great stuff. And Bam is just continuing, even in a less efficient game than maybe some would love. I felt like sometimes he needs high volume nights. And this was one of those nights. So those guys really, um, I thought, came out and played well. I know Heat fans are going to think they lost, right? So we should probably do a show that's filled with negative takes. Nah, that's not how I'm leaving from this game. I know that they came up short. And I know that they obviously have some things to clean up, but to go up to Boston and play them as competitively as they did. And to also do it in a fashion where you saw certain guys get to their spots and get cooking. Like to me, that was very um, informative of the type of competitive nature this team's going to have going up on the road against the team, Boston on their home opener. They could have easily gotten blown out. We've seen those games before. It did not happen. The heat stayed in the game throughout Brady Hawk, because you are more articulate, comprehensive, and uh, have more basketball knowledge than I do, even though I'm uh, older than your ass. I don't mean to curse on the show. Tell me what you saw from Tyler and Bam. Start with whoever of the two you'd like that you liked most. We're going to dive into what went wrong, folks. So don't think I'm just going to avoid reality. We'll accept reality. Shout out to y'all know who. Um, but Brady, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, uh, what did you see from them that you loved most? I have my list, but I want to hear yours first. Yeah, number one, I have to. I still want to see what their usage looked like because it felt like one of the two had the ball in their hands the entire game because that was the only time anything felt like it was going correctly in the half court. Uh, starting with Tyler, I mean, he's talked about trying to cut down in the minor parts of his game and kind of cut dribbles and maximize stuff. Well, he cut out a lot of the middle ground, it felt like today, where it was a lot of stuff at the rim, but even more stuff beyond the arc, which is what I think a lot of people want to see. Uh, there was points in the game, I think we'll get to kind of the, the the negatives, like you said, but there were points in the game where the only action that was like smooth for Miami was like a BAM handoff for Tyler. Not even a hero BAM pick and roll, because they were able to kind of peel off and find different ways to, to kind of get in the way. But it's just a usual handoff. He comes around the little curl and he hits a three. And he did it like back-to-back plays. And I just thought that Tyler's control in general was really good. He was scoring smoothly, the efficiency. Uh, and against, a, can we say, a very tough matchup. Like having to do that against Drew Holiday. Also, Derek White was guarding him at times. But a lot of Drew Holiday. And it's like for him to be able to get to the rim past him a couple of those times and find ways to round screens to get that shot off. Like Drew's one of the hardest guys around screens to deal with. Just the way he, he navigates that stuff. So that in its own is a positive bam on the other hand i know we've always talked about the aggression stuff but he really was aggressive to start this game like i said before the game i thought the early offense was going to be like a lot of bam jumpers which it kind of was but it wasn't really because he was really taking it in on porzingis and he was using his speed to his advantage and i think that was the biggest thing like if you have porzingis in front of you 
you're not using your length to your advantage. You're trying to get to that baseline and create an advantage down there. And he kept finding angles. He found ways to protect, use the rim as protection. Like I thought a lot of that stuff was good. And obviously I know we're going to get, once again, we're going to get to the other parts of it and the lineups and all that stuff. But like, even with those lineups, like felt like bam in the mid post, which it feels like it's been like this for years was like only the the times where the offense felt smoothest and safest. Like usually we talk about like turnovers happening with bam in that range. And it's like, okay, can he tame the turnovers? It's like, once bam got the ball in that mid post, you felt comfortable. You're like, okay, they're going to get into a good action. They're going to get into a decent shot. And that's what you wanted to see. So the two pillars, the young pillars of this team, Bam and Tyler coming out and showing out in Boston like that. In terms of good signs, that was definitely one of them. Agree wholeheartedly. I thought those guys stepped up. They showed that they could go toe-to-toe. Because, I mean, Jalen Brown was guarding Tyler Hero for most of the game. And, and and well, maybe I won't say most of the game. There's so much switching that to even talk like that, I sound ridiculous. But... The intention was for, at least as they came down the court initially, Jalen Brown would find Tyler and Tyler got to his spots. He got guys on his hip and um, yeah, for the offense to be flowing smoothest with Bam while Bam is also scoring at a high clip is an interesting new wrinkle because we've always talked about the the offense being a well-oiled machine. And that's usually with Bam as the facilitator or as, uh, you know, like finding space for guys and getting his maybe second or third, but this was him getting his first. And I love the fact that that's uh, becoming more and more of a uh, intuitive expansion for bam out of bio on offense specifically you know that it's just basically becoming second nature for him to find his spots get to him score quickly but we can't go any further without addressing jimmy butler's night um he had a couple moments where i thought jimmy was about to step into the game and take over brady but ultimately it was a little bit of a quiet night he was three of 11 so the shooting was a bit off got to the line nine times so we love to see that consistency but in 33 minutes, 14 points, five rebounds, three assists, relatively kind of nondescript game from Jimmy. I know that it's it's probably crazy to some degree to get three guys up in the 20s, but the Celtics had that tonight, so you kind of needed that as well with the Celtics' other two starters also getting 17, so they're getting big-time production from the starting five. Jimmy Butler wasn't quite there. Do you think that that had to do with the way Boston was defending him? Do you think it had anything to do with Tyler and Bam being such focal points or did Jimmy just have an off night? I don't know if, I don't think it's either, to be honest. I don't think he had an off night and I don't really think it was the Tyler thing. I just think it was October Jimmy. <laughs> that really what it feels like at this stage, as much as we talk about playoff Jimmy, it's like you expect some of these games from him. But it's also not like giving him a pass. Like this isn't one of those times where we're sitting here talking about that. Like I felt like at certain points he needed to take over because there was too much on Tyler. Not that Tyler couldn't handle it and he couldn't score and all that stuff, but he needed a secondary guy to go to that wasn't a Drew Smith. That wasn't a Kyle Lowry. He needed a guy that can go ISO and get a bucket. And that's what Jimmy Butler usually does. And it just felt like he wasn't like you kind of, he was a little bit inefficient, but I didn't like feel an inefficient game from him. I just felt like a game where he was floating and he wasn't really involved. Like, that's what that felt like to me. And there were certain points, like you said, it was like signs where I was like, okay, maybe he can get into it. He had like a little ISO and an elbow jumper on Horford. I think the one you're probably hinting at, it was like, okay, he might be getting going. And then he got the one where it was like, uh, Bam had the block and he goes down the other direction. And obviously there was the the topic of foul or block on, from Derek White. Yeah. But it was like, if he got that to go, it's like, okay, now he's got a rhythm going. But it just felt like he could never get that punch for rhythm. And 
like I said, the biggest thing to me was just the the overall inclusion in the game. And like I always say, and I've said every every regular season, you can always tell when Jimmy Butler is locked in in a regular season game by his play defensively. Now, I'm not saying he wasn't active defensively tonight, but you when you notice Jimmy defensively is when you know that he's playing. And I just didn't feel like there were that, that many moments where he was kind of energized, jumping, passing lanes, making cutoffs, like that type of stuff. So I think this was just one of those games from Jimmy that he's just kind of laid back, coasting, letting Tyler and Bam do their thing. The issue was they didn't have the third guy, as you mentioned. They just didn't have that extra punch to kind of make up for it. And now let's dive into our next segment. And now it's time for the Insurance by Lynette Play of the Night, sponsored by insurancebylynette.com and A Aggressive Insurance Agency. You can reach out to our friend Lynette at 954-581-8800. That's 954-581-8800 or insurancebylynette.com. That's insurancebylynette.com with two N's and two T's. Your best play for auto insurance, homeowner's insurance, condo insurance, life insurance, or a retirement program. Reach out to Lynette at insurancebylynette.com. Okay, so for the A aggressive play of the night, I'm just throwing out into the atmosphere that with eight minutes left in the first quarter, Bam out of bio put Kristaps Porzingis on a poster. So that's one of them. But, you know, we got Brady Hawk here, and he uh, has already cataloged a slew of other things Bam out of bio did nice tonight. Uh, Brady, let's rattle those off quickly uh, as we shout out a aggressive insurance. So I'll say Bam had a little series of defensive plays at the end of the game that I don't feel like they feel like they should go mentioned with about four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, I just mentioned that Jimmy play, but it was began with Bam kind of going behind Jalen Brown, blocking it. Jimmy goes in the other direction. Uh, obviously, he gets blocked or if you want to call it <laughs> whatever you want to call it, goes back in the other direction. Uh, I think it was Drew Holiday goes up for a layup and blocks that as well. It goes out of bounds, ends up in a timeout. Out of that timeout, Bam then gets a steal and goes in the other direction. Three straight plays was block, block, steal. And I think in terms of when we were tracking defensive player of the year stuff for this defensive anchor that they they have and they go to, that is just a, a great series of plays to have in this type of game in Boston. Absolutely. And um so we've been talking a lot of Bam. We've been talking a lot of Tyler. We sound pretty positive because I think we all feel like the competitive spirit that went up to Boston is one that if that translates game over game, even if there's certain guys looking at going at varying speeds, when you get Highsmith back, when you get uh, Josh Richardson back, that's going to change everything. But we need to dive into what went wrong tonight. So, I mean, I'm looking at, some of the numbers here, some of it I could just tell you was Boston made some tough shots. Derek White did some, sh- he did some things that I think maybe he'll prove me wrong, but I think from a, just a sheer shot making perspective, he probably played above his head tonight, just a little bit. Maybe I'm wrong and people are going to call me a hater and he'll do that because he's a heat killer. So against the heat, we'll always see that. But overall, I mean, he, he was crazy tonight. He was 9 of 15, 5 of 7 from 3, 5 of 6 from the free throw line. So he was really effective in 36 minutes. I thought that he had, he put his imprint on the game. 
So we're going to go individually around the roster uh, to close out the episode just to make sure that we capture everyone on Miami's side and kind of get to how we feel about how everyone played. Because I think early on in the season, it's good for us to kind of go through everybody and like, let's see, let's kind of analyze where they were because we can still do that. Once you're into 20 games in, you, you got to look at it as a whole more than individually. But Brady, uh, despite the fact we've, lauded hero and out of bio and uh and there was even some good kyle lowry tonight that we'll get to what do you think were the biggest things that miami could have done differently or what boston kind of did to impose their will at the end here and and come out with the victory over miami up in boston so yeah i think number one i think a lot of people obviously drew smith was a hot topic online at least but my problem really wasn't with drew smith obviously like he actually had i think what was he three or four from three my problem wasn't with him. It was more so the lineups he was in. Like, he's in the lineups a ton with Kyle Lowry. We've seen that in the first two games. Uh, there was specifically a lineup where it was Drew Smith, Kyle, Tyler, Jimmy Bam. And it's just, you're playing this team with a bunch of length and wings and all these different things. And you're basically, every catch that Boston makes to kind of trigger an action, they have to send that second defender. And now all of a sudden you're rotating all over the place. And that's when Boston made that second quarter run. And it wasn't that it's like, oh my God, Drew Smith's on the floor. So it's a, they're in minus eight now. It's like, no, it's happening because you're it's smaller. They're helping over and making these plays offensively. So I thought that specific lineup really should not be leaned on often. Obviously, obviously they're doing it because they're without three core wings uh, at the moment. But still, it's still not a lineup that I think you want to go to a ton. There was also a, a stretch. I mentioned it before. There was a stretch of the early in the fourth quarter where they're in these lineups with no Jimmy and Bam. It's with Tyler. And it's more so the fact that they just didn't have any like offensive diversity. Like every play was Hero had the ball, comes off a handoff or a pick and roll. And wh- whatever pull up he got was going to be a great shot because it was tonight. But that was the only thing they had. Like if it wasn't him, it was like Thomas Bryant doing a pivot 360 trying to find somebody to pass it to and then it would end up back in Tyler's hand so it's like I think they once again this these are rotations that maybe are going to be mixed around when they're healthy but what they have to deal with right now it's like they still have to find finish out these little minor details and there was other minor details I thought throughout the game like the turnover problem that's the big thing about the Drew Smith lineup like if you're playing a lineup of Drew Smith and Kyle Lowry you better be taking care of the basketball because that's the one thing that they're asking you to do in that lineup. That's the one strength you should have. So if you're turning the ball over there, like what is that lineup out there doing for you at that point? So that, that, I think that's the stuff that was really making you think, and that's not all like, I'm not putting this game on the Drew Smith lineups fully. Like I think there were other parts of this game. We talked about the Jimmy stuff specifically, but yeah, it felt like a lot of that defensively. I felt like there was like the like people were talking about like uh, the Hawkes on Tatum or or whoever switched on to Tatum. There were a lot of possessions. I thought they played actually pretty good defense and the rotations were good. It wasn't like a terrible defensive game. It was more so that I just felt like they were overcompensating for certain disadvantages and they had to make up for it. And all of a sudden, Boston's just a really good team. It, like we have to also note that like you can't just make up for the fact that you're going to double team them and rotate and they're not going to make up for it. Like they were, they were making the right passes, making the right shots. So it was a lot of the small things. And then obviously the big thing was probably the the Jimmy aspect of kind of needing a little bit more. And now it's time for the official five on the floor injury report sponsored by our friend Eric Rubenstein, the personal injury attorney born and raised in Lauderdale, Florida, lives in Miami, went to St. Thomas. He's a South Florida guy and a huge Miami Heat fan. But the important thing is he can help you get your money that you deserve when something happens to you. So reach out to our guy, Eric Rubenstein. Again, ericrubenstein.com or ask about me. I got you on Instagram. And now 
The Injury Report. Welcome back for the Eric Rubenstein Injury Report of the night. It's a bit different from game one, y'all. So they, they, the Miami Heat still had no Haywood Highsmith, no Josh Richardson. Cole Swider didn't play. I don't know if he was available to play, but he was inactive. Uh, Orlando Robinson did not play due to coach's decision. Jovich didn't get in tonight. RJ Hampton minutes. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, but this was the one that jumped out. Uh, and I think that uh, when we watched Caleb Martin in game one, it looked like he maybe was still hampered a little bit. And he sat out tonight. Um, they say injury illness is what's by here. But I think that this has a lot to do with him getting back into the speed of things and and not feeling good. So. Otherwise, there are no other injuries. I think the Heat left this game against the Boston Celtics unscathed. So uh, they will head to the back-to-back in Minnesota with the same group that you saw tonight in Boston, most likely. I do not expect to see Josh Richardson or Haywood Highsmith throughout this road trip at all. I think they're going to be very cautious with those guys. And that is your Eric Rubenstein injury report of the night. All right, we're going to close up shop here and kind of go around the roster, make sure that we touch on anything that uh, didn't get uh, already uh, hinted to as we went through all the different topics so far. Miami Heat ultimately lose this game. Duncan Robinson continues to play well, Brady, three of six from three. Uh, if, if the percentages stay like that, things are going to do well uh, for, for him in lineups with the Miami Heat's best players. So I think that that's a mental note people need to make. I uh, tweeted shout out to Kyle Lowry. He had a huge game. Uh, he he could have gotten gamer of the night, um, but I didn't see enough in the second half. Maybe is where I kind of, I, I come down on that one. Who else really were you impressed most by? Because I think Drew Smith deserves a shout out but also just throughout the entire roster, Brady, take us home with the guys and uh, the plays, the aspects of what Miami did tonight that we should be taking to Minnesota that you think are the most positive. So before I get to the one that you mentioned, I think Kevin Love deserves a little bit of credit. For one, the reason is the beginning of that game, I thought their offense with the starting lineup, and that's we've been talking about the starting lineup for so long. I thought their offense looked really good to start this game. Uh Obviously, Tyler and Bam were a big part of it. But the other reason, everything was early in the shot clock. Like, everything was going super quick. And a part of that was Love outlet passes. It was partly Kyle getting it up the floor. But they were just attacking early. And I felt like even in these two games, and it's something we always bring up, but their pace has been quicker just from an eye test perspective. It felt like they've been playing quicker, specifically in those lineups. But you mentioned Kyle. Kyle needs to be discussed because after what he did in that first game, he had, I I don't even know if it was one shot attempt. I think it's that kind of like as a half shot attempt because I don't Uh really know what that was. But this game, he came out really just under control, making sure to take the shots that he needed to take, especially with the rotation that we keep discussing. Like he needed to take these shots and he was. He ended up being three or four from three, the pull-ups, the catch and shoots. He wasn't afraid to fire. I thought he was getting two feet in the lane. Defensively, I thought he was active. Uh, It Once again, tough team to cover because you have to move around in so many places, but it's almost better if this makes sense, it's almost better. Kyle fits more of this style of defense when it's constant moving and rotating more than sitting down and having to guard ISO stuff, which they do a little bit of, but it's more so about moving around a little bit. Uh, you saw some of those little swipe downs and little plays in between that I thought he did a good job of. So he deserves a lot of credit. The big question, though, obviously, with Kyle is can he do it consistently? 
What does that look like over time? Will he consistently take these shots? I thought he did a good job playmaking as well, setting things up in, in terms of Bam getting in the pocket. So it was a really good game for him. Like a, it was a really solid performance. You mentioned Duncan probably is the last one. I think that that stuck out, played his role, uh, took the shots that were next necessary, 50% from three. He had a little stretch where he had back-to-back threes and he threw a nice pump fake side step. If he could find a rhythm, they need it. Like they need the shooting. I was going to look, what did they, they ended up, so they ended up shooting 49% from three. I know. <laughs> and only because Boston was at 41, which is still really, really damn yeah. good. On and a the ton rebounding of edge and the offensive rebounding edge, I think are some of the things to stare at uh, on the other side for Boston. But you're right. Like these are the games Miami has to have. So you, you also, to Brady's point, I don't want to steal your thunder here, but Boston is a damn good team. For sure. For sure. But I think the overall point there was just that the Duncan is a decent part of the shooting. And if yeah. they can get that, and I, we were talking about rotation and lineups, and that's what I was going to finish with. He's doing it in the non-BAM minutes a lot of the time, which is something I was curious to see how they lined up those minutes because I felt like he needed to play with BAM in a way. Like I thought that was going to be something that they leaned on. They have not really. They've been doing it with a lot of Tyler and Duncan, actually, uh, with Thomas Bryant kind of being that hub. But, I mean, Bryant's done a decent job of kind of playing his role in that high elbow area and kind of getting Duncan the ball in those spots. He's very... Uh, like he's not somebody that that's trying to get high attempts up Thomas Bryant. Like he's really involved and kind of bought into this offense where he's trying to get the shooters going. And that's why you said you see a 49% from three, maybe not as much. You probably want to get more attempts up. I'm probably at this exact moment. Spoh was saying that in the press conference after the game. I, I bet. But yeah, it's a, it's a good start with the shooting. But once again, now everything else needs to kind of drop into place when, when playing a team like this. So ultimately a loss. Luckily, they get right back on the court tomorrow night in Minnesota. Uh, so we will get to see. Uh, that's an 8 o'clock Eastern tip. We'll have you covered for all that, including including a post-game five on the floor. So they're right back on the floor tomorrow, but they did lose tonight. Uh, I'm still leaving the game feeling pretty damn good about the way that they competed up there with Boston. So that's how I will end it. Uh, thank you to Brady Hawk. Thank you to Rocky Sports. Eric Rubenstein, A Aggressive Insurance. We will have you covered the rest of the weekend as the Miami Heat continue their road trip. The Heat now one and one in the regular season. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.